Okinawa Karate Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in to episode 14 of the Okinawa Karate Podcast. As always, I'm Josh Simmers coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. In episode 14, I have the honor to sit down with Mr. James Pankovich, owner of the Dojo Bar, owner of the Asato Dojo, and we'll say owner of ChallengeOkinawa.com website. You probably know who James is. If you don't, you need to get over here and meet the man. Um, James has been a part of a podcast that I conducted last year. Uh, he's also allowed me on two different occasions to use his dojo to conduct podcasts, one with Mr. Ulf Carlson, one with Mr. Jesse Incamp. So this time I was able to sit down with just James. Um, we're in his bar, actually, on a Sunday morning. Um, no one else was in there. It was quiet. But I didn't I didn't have the correct audio equipment with me, folks, and I do apologize because there's a, it's a hardwood floor. We were right up next to a concrete wall, sitting on some wood wooden chairs, a little bit uh, noise coming from the chairs at times, and, and a fair amount of echo. I tried to clean it up the best I could, um, but the audio quality, I'll, I'll tell you, is, is not the best. I'm rather disappointed with that. A lesson learned is I should have used the other microphones for this type of interview. Um, you can you can listen and watch the interview as well on YouTube, and I think it does sound actually better in the video format. Um, the audio is, is a little bit cleaner. But I uh, just want to let you know also about 55 minutes into the interview, my camera shut off. I don't actually know why, but uh, that shut off and it also killed the audio portion. So uh, when we wrapped things up, I realized it cut off about the last 10 minutes of the interview. We had to go back and pick that up. So you'll notice roughly 55 minutes into the actual interview portion, uh, it kind of jumps there. We we had to pick that up and give you some information that we lost. So apologies again. Uh, but otherwise, it was a great interview, great time to sit down with James, get to learn about his history, what brought him here to Okinawa, some things that have been going on with the dojo bar, some things that have been going on with the Asato Dojo, and more importantly, uh, some events that he is organizing at the end of calendar year 2019. You definitely want to be a part of that. You want to hear about it. You want to learn about it. And you should come join those events. Uh, please stay tuned for that information. I'm going to put some information in the show notes. Uh, but you can always contact James on Facebook, Dojo Bar. You can contact him at Asato Dojo. Uh, you can Contact him via challengeokinawa.com. And as always, if you have comments, questions, concerns, send them to me, josh at okinawakaratepodcast.com, josh at okinawakaratepodcast.com, or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. As always, thank you for tuning in. It's Sunday morning, 9 a.m., and we're sitting in a bar. The dojo bar, actually. Once again, Josh Simmers coming to you from the birthplace of Karate Okinawa, Japan. And today, I happen to be sitting in the dojo bar with Mr. James Pankovich. Good morning, sir. Thank you. Thank you. This is coffee, by the way. Good coffee. It's not coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Tempting as that is. <laughs> we didn't spend the whole night here, actually. It was <laughs> early, early night for me. We did the cherry blossoms yesterday at Hockington Castle. Very nice. I think I was in bed by 9 o'clock. So. <laughs> but we happen to be here this morning because, well... Who else should I have on the podcast except the man that has allowed me to do an interview here in his bar, two interviews at his dojo directly across the street. Actually, James, you were on the first interview that I did here. I was. Uh, so with Yoshida-sensei. He's kind of piping into the side yeah, a little that's bit. That's right. Uh, so now it's long overdue to have you on here. I really appreciate Thank you it. very much. Thank it's you. It's always a pleasure to Mine too. all of our conversations, whatever level of sobriety we're at there. <laughs> Or, uh, or excellent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, 
We do train together a lot. I have to yeah. say that it's not all. Actually, it's mostly training. Think training a little bit of training. Yeah, there's been much more training than training. Yeah. So the training opportunities are always fantastic yeah. too. They are. They yeah. are. And you know, I've said it before. I want to say it again. Thank you very much for your support and allowing me to do the, the interviews. Uh, I interviewed Olf Carl Carlson and I interviewed Jesse and Camp at your your dojo um, after the seminars that they yeah. conducted. And thank you very much for that that support and allowing me to do so. I mean, it's, you know, I'm very, very pleased that we get people like that coming to Okinawa, coming to the dojo, offering to share what they know and share their passion. Um, it's, you know, that's what's special about this place is that it's still a real mecca and a crossroads for lots of people coming together. It absolutely is. Uh, perfectly defined as well, the crossroads and the mecca because of the bar right here. And then, what, 30 meters across the road, dojo probably could have been planned any better I mean it, it's worked out pretty well um, it, there was there was obviously a few years kind of difference between opening one and opening the other um, but uh, I sort of have a feeling that we need to turn this street into sort of karate street yes, you know I think so. karate dory in yeah, yeah. I mean, Shiredo is only like a block deck, <laughs> so there's just a block we have to fill with as many yeah. karate related yeah. things as we can, and you know nobody will ever leave. I think you're on the right path for that. Though. We're going to leave it up to you. You're doing, you're doing, you're doing a, a great job. So the, the international community is going to leave it up to you to keep doing that. International street trade next door, but I like that, Johnny Dory. Yeah, yeah, no, it's uh, you know, so you know, great, great minds kind of you know come together and. Well, they say birds of a feather flock together, yes, that sort of do. thing, you know. Yes, they do. And then, you know, that's great, man. That's when you, that's when you, 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 you meet different people, you learn different things. Uh, you know, it's great to train by yourself and do your own research and do all that. You need to do that. But, you know, when you meet other people, yeah. often that's the spark for exactly. really learning something yep. new, yep. Um, putting what you do in context, yep. which helps often to give you motivation as well. Yep. I think there are some people who are just like leave me alone. I just want to train. Yeah. That's fine. That's, That's okay. fine. Everybody has to be you know, their own person. You, you own. need you need that. Some people need that mostly. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, yeah, the, the interaction. I have to say, the opportunities to interact with people since I've been here, either in the dojo with training, uh, or you know, let's say in the in the, in the after training, mm -hmm. social context, mm -hmm. is uh, where you learn. Where I've learned so much. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think we need to promote that and do more. I 100% agree. We had a similar conversation after um, the last session. Was it the last session of, of Ulf Carlson's seminar, or yeah. it might have been New Year's Eve over here at your dojo when we were talking about that? Promoting good things. Yeah. There's enough garbage out there, whether you're talking about karate or anything yeah. else, right? But Promote the good things, yeah. and that's what is is happening here yeah. um, on, a, on an increasing scale. Yeah. And I'm glad that you're part of it. I'm glad that I can be part of it. Mm -hmm. I think we should just keep keep pushing in that direction. So I want to go back in time just a little bit. Sure. You've been on the island now. You've called the island home for ten years. Yeah, coming up to ten years. Let's go back to uh, minus one year, if you don't mind. Mm. Uh, or just, you know, as far back as you want to go, bring us up to speed. A lot of people are familiar with your bar. A lot of people are familiar with your dojo. They mm. know what you're doing. 
But there's people that maybe aren't familiar or the ones that have met you, they don't know more of your history. Sure. So let's get okay. around that if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm from the UK. I'm from a place called Somerset in the southwest of the UK. It's kind of a mm, sort of green, uh, sort of agricultural area of the country. A lot of people go down there for vacations. Um, pleasant place. You appreciate it a lot more once you've left and yeah. gone back. Yeah. Like any any kid growing up in a small town. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. Um, I really was uh, always interested in in the wider world, um, and I think you know I I, I love sports at school. I've always loved uh, physical physical activities. Uh, and I sort of discovered you know karate and kung fu you know through movies and mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. As everybody, everybody does. Else, yeah. um, but I was particularly interested in. in Culture, you know, the, the Shido culture, and the, the sort of the, the history of uh, Japanese culture. Because of the movies? Because of movies, and because of, I guess, reading a little bit about it and, and thinking this is an entirely different culture okay. you know, from mine. Yeah. Uh, the language is entirely different. And so, you know, something that seemed very exotic. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was what caught my interest. I had traveled a little bit when I was, when I was young. Uh, between 18 and 21, I, I spent quite a lot of time down in Greece. And again, that was just because I wanted to travel and I wanted to experience something quite different and again, quite exotic. Mm -hmm. um, and during that time, I also did a little bit of martial arts practice actually in Greece. But during that time, I mainly got fired up to come back and study Japanese. But before you even left home to go to Greece, you had trained in some style of martial arts. Yeah, I was very lucky in that. Um, there are only one or two karate dojos in my hometown, but one of them uh, run by a teacher called Arthur Meek, who still teaches. He's a fantastic teacher, teaching Wadoli karate uh, and kickboxing. Uh, and uh, Meek Sensei was a very strong, very kind of uh, uh, solid teacher. Mm -hmm. And he'd also been to Japan and trained in Japan, had the experience too. And so he would, uh, you know, train us in the way that that he thought was right, mm -hmm. traditional way, mm -hmm. strong way. Um, and he also would tell us about his experiences training in Japan as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that that also was a key thing in kind of making me really get a hunger to kind of experience that mm -hmm. for myself. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I needed to get to Japan to study, uh, continue Wadori Karate at that time. I was also doing some Jiu-Jitsu practice. Okay. Um, and um, so I didn't really have the money to do it by myself, I didn't really know anybody in Japan. So I decided to go and study Japanese at university. So that combined studying martial arts with studying university, which I wanted to do too. So I went to London University Japanese department and um, that got me to Japan twice on exchange, which was okay. fantastic. Okay. So I spent six months in Hokkaido okay. in my first year. And then in my third year, I spent a year in Osaka, which I then extended another year when you went to Hokkaido, did you get to train in Wado Ryu? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, I, uh, when I got there, I went and found uh, Wado Ryu Dojo as soon as I could and started training. Is Wado Ryu rather prevalent in, in the main It's fairly, in Japan? fairly popular. Okay. Yeah, I would say Shotokan is the most common. Kyokushin yeah. is also very common. Yeah. But Wado Ryu also, generally most areas of Japan, I think there are Wado Ryu Dojos. Okay. Um, so it wasn't... I, I was lucky again. There was a dojo in the. I was staying in uh, Sapporo, which is the capital of uh, uh, 
or state capital of Hokkaido. Mm -hmm. uh, but we were right on the edge of the city because the university I was going to was kind of out in the sticks a little bit. Um, so we were staying in the, uh, in the homestay program people's, with the local people. I was staying in, a, in an apartment with a single mom and her two kids. <laughs> so I was, uh, and they were, they were wonderful people, wonderful people. How old were the kids? The kids were sort of young teenagers, okay. right? And you know what Japanese apartments are like, yes. right? We were in an apartment That's block. That's the size of yeah. where we're sitting Yeah, yeah. we were in an apartment <laughs> block. Um, I arrived, I had, I was, you know, I was already fully grown. I was yeah. in my early 20s at this point, right? Um, I had this huge backpack on, six months worth of gear yeah. in it, yeah. right? And uh, <laughs> so we went there as a group. We got bused to the university, and then we did the meeting. We met all the homestay families, and I can remember the look on the faces of my homestay family when I, they went, this is James, he's with you, and I just like stood up, and they went, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I remember we got to the apartment, and uh, I, had, I still had my backpack on, and I went into, the, into their hallway, yep. And I was knocking pictures off the yep. wall because yep. it was so small. Right? So I was like edging my way into yep. the apartment. Um, but they were wonderful. They were lovely people. For someone that's never traveled to Japan or Okinawa, that right in itself is like a life lesson. Okay. Pack small. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, sometimes I have to travel up to up to Tokyo for work, and the hotels there's a, a few that were allowed to choose from, or they recommended. They are just. Tiny, tiny. I mean, I'm taking pictures of them, taking videos, and send them back to my yeah. wife. Our house here isn't big by any means. Yeah, it's, it's it's much larger than some of the apartments. Uh, but yeah, it's it's comical. There's there's plenty of uh, YouTube videos where people make you know make fun of it or make oh, light yeah. of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, they were they were wonderful. I spent six months with them um, and studying university. Unfortunately, there was a wider new dojo just down the street. So that was great. Um, I came back to the UK for my second year of university. I studied at the university clubs. It was Shotokan, actually mostly some Wadaryu uh, and uh, Jujutsu. Mm -hmm. um, that year zoomed by, and then I was back to Japan. And this time I went to Kansai University in Osaka yeah. uh, for a one year program. Uh, and I liked, and, I, and again, I, I went and found. A Wado, it was actually Wado Kai, it's just another association of Wado. So uh, I trained in this Wado Kai dojo for what well, ended, ended up being two years because um, I took a year out to stay there for another year. I was training with my sensei, he said, You know, if you keep going, then you'll be able to take your shodan here uh, in Kansai. So, of course, that was exactly what I wanted to do. And I was doing lots of competitions, um, I was training every day. Competitions, kata, kumite? Um, mainly kumite, actually. Okay. Um, I was obviously training kata and kumite. Uh, my kata was... Uh, <laughs> like it is now, to be honest. But um, kumite, I was enjoying. It was, it was um, you know, uh, point-scoring kumite. Okay. Yeah, so I did that. Bogu gear points? Uh, it, it varied. Okay. It varied. In the university, actually, I was at Kansai University, and the university, they had a uh, Nihon Kenpo. Club, yeah. So, and they had a boxing club as well. So, uh, with the Nihon Kenpo, we would we would yep. put the mask on the traditional kind yep. of kendo yep. uh, uh, 
which he will yes, I should. So that was good, good training. So I was doing a whole range of things, uh, uh, jujitsu as well. Um, so you know, I was just trying to make the most of my time. Yeah. James, what are you is uh, most closely related to what style would you say you're in now, or is it not related? Is it a hybrid? Um, well, it came from uh, essentially Funakoshi Sensei, uh, Otsuka Sensei, who founded Waidoryu, was a Japanese jiu-jitsu instructor. Um, so he then learned Okinawan karate from Funakoshi, um, and combined that into Waidoryu. I like Waidoryu because it was a little more uh, angular mm -hmm. uh, than you use. Uh, so it, it combines those elements of jiu-jitsu in terms of entering mm -hmm. in, in, in. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a little of uh, weapons work in there as well. So there is some, some tantodori, some knife okay. defense work in there as well. Very traditional. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it had that additional kind of area of interest. Did they adapt the kata then also from, that would be similar to Shotokan? The kata is pretty similar to Shotokan. Okay. Yeah. Do you have the Naihanshi or they call it Teki? Or uh, they called it Naihanshi. Naihanshi Shodan. They had Pinan Kata. Okay. Pinan. Uh, Pinan. Most of the same Kata, uh, Kushanku Kata, Chinto, uh, Goju Shiho, Okay. Uh, Seisan Kata. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's in the, definitely in the Shorin yep. view family, yep. so to speak. Okay. Uh, so, when I later on came to Okinawa and started training Matsubashi Ryu, it wasn't a completely new thing, it was yeah. more of a transition. Yeah. I see. When you came here, though, um, well, tell us how you came here, because you did not come here when you were studying in university. You didn't come here until after you had met. That's right, yeah. I, while I was at Kansai University, I met my uh, future wife, yep. uh, who was from, from here, from Okinawa. And uh, she was also kind of a bit like a foreign student in Kansai University, because, um, you know, as we both know, the Okinawan culture is quite distinct. Yeah. And while it's part of the Japanese nation, so to speak. Um, the Okinawans have a fairly distinct identity. Uh, and so Okinawans on mainland Japan also are not 100% Japanese, yeah. right? They kind of stand out a little bit. Yeah. So I think there was maybe that kind of slightly kindred spirit between yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah, and when we met, I thought, oh, she's pretty cute. Well, and then it kind of went from there, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, she was studying English. Um, so we just spent a lot of time together. She tried a little bit of martial arts practice, I think mainly to, you know, to appease you. <laughs> to kind of keep me happy. <laughs> but um, um, she, she did, really still does here, right? Now and again, yeah. yeah. She's yeah. still yeah. trained now and again. I mean, she doesn't have like a crazy passion for it like I do. Yeah. Uh, but um, she'll enjoy it. She enjoys it. I can't get my wife to. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. She asked me once to teach her now, and she showed up. I said, okay, come to the dojo. Okay. Yeah, but <laughs> so, you know, there are a lot of people that look at martial arts training and just scratch their heads like, why would yeah. you do that? Why do you need to do that? You know? Yeah, there are people, but boy, oh my gosh, when you get into it, it's like, why would you not? You know, hard to explain. I, I don't know. Yeah, hard yeah. to explain. But. Um, my, my parents, um, while I was at home, and the reason I didn't train in martial arts is my parents were very much opposed to it. 
so they would just see that as sort of, you know, why would you want to practice that kind of violent mm -hmm. sport? Mm -hmm. um, so I can understand, you know, an outside perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think actually we need to remember what other people's perspectives are on it. You know? Isn't that the truth? I have a student right now, an American, that uh, kind of the same thing. His his parents looked at it as fighting, as only as violence, mm -hmm. and would not let him training anything yeah. as, as well. And he's training with me now. He's a great young man. Uh, fortunately, he's only going to be here until June. Air Force, he's going to leave, you know. But he's going to mainland Japan, so hopefully he can find something up there. But the same thing, it's, it's that perception. Um, I guess there are places in America, dojos, perhaps, Places in the Western world, and maybe even in Japan, but that is their outlook. It's that's the violent or whatever, but yeah. it's not Okinawa. In my feeling, that's not Okinawa at all. It's not Okinawa. Yeah, um, you know, there's, there's such a huge range in uh, the approach to martial arts practice, uh, and you know, and, and a million different personalities. I think we tend to gravitate towards those who like to practice in a fairly humble way, um, not use it as a way to try and prove that you're better than anybody else or put anybody else in their place. Um, you know, we don't feel the need to be champion. Um, so, you know, it's for me, uh, martial arts practice is, is non competitive. However, I never want to become complacent. Yes, yes. Um, so there's this drive to keep progressing, yeah. uh, to improve yourself, but you don't need to, uh, to be better than somebody else to prove that to yourself. Right, well, that's, you know, whatever the simple saying is, be better than you were the day before. Yeah. Like, uh, the competition should be with yourself. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that was very humbling to me and eye opening, as a matter of fact, is when we went to Taiwan. Two years ago, or something like that now, yeah. versus 2019, maybe two years ago. And when you walk around over there and you see people, I, I think sitting here today, I probably weigh 81 kilos, 82 kilos. Mm. You're a little bit more. Yeah. But you go over there to a place like Taiwan, even here in Okinawa, right? But in Okinawa, I guess I was familiar with this feeling, like this, yeah. this belief. But in, in, in Taiwan, when we train, People just literally come from work. They don't change their clothes, or they just threw on some sweatpants. You have no, there's no obi. Yeah. You have no idea who this person is, what their skill level is, and then all of a sudden, you realize this person is lethal. Yeah. And they weigh maybe, you know, seventy kilos, and it's very eye-opening. I think. Do yeah. not underestimate what's what these people can do to you. So, and we've talked about that even sitting right here in this in this bar, right? Bar, people get drunk, they get loud, they get their beer muscles. Uh, I've not experienced that since I've been here. I'm not saying you haven't, but it doesn't really happen. Yeah, it's just this kind of this calmness. So everyone knows what they're here for. They're training. They're having a good time. Yeah. It's not, uh, you know, going to watch a UFC match at Buffalo Wild Wings in America, and now you have to prove something. Yeah. It's it's it's, re it's a relaxing feeling to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned. Uh, UFC. Um, so this isn't a uh, sports bar or a fight bar or whatever. Um, sometimes people ask me, you know, oh, are you going to put the UFC yeah. on? Yeah. 
And it's kind of surprised that we don't kind of have it playing non-stop, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, and uh, I think UFC and that, that kind of competition has its place. Um, there, are, there are times when I want to, uh, you know, go into competition, do that sort of thing. You want to test yourself, you know, uh, you want to test your martial arts, etc. Um, and it's entertaining to watch, right? So either from, you just like the fact that two guys are going at each other, or if you have some technical understanding, you're like, oh, that was a fantastic technique, or oh, look, he's got great strategy. Right? That's more when I watch it, I'm like, oh, that guy is really using the technique. Um, but it's not, it's not right for the atmosphere here. It's, you know, uh, unfortunately with, with those kind of competitive fighting arts, yeah, um, what can I say? You know, it's about one person winning and beating another person down, yeah. And while there's maybe a time and a place for that, you know, the dojo bar is not a, it's not a place where we need to sort of prove the, the prove ourselves, yeah. right? I, I, people come here because they want to relax. Yeah. Not because they want to come into some sort of competitive atmosphere. Right. right. Um, and I think the reason people keep coming back is because they feel comfortable and relaxed here. Yeah, and actually, uh, I've been in here several times where many people don't train in martial yeah. arts. It's an international bar. Yeah. There really is both American speak English, yeah. or you know, just want to communicate with people from five different countries on any given day, or yeah. something like that. So. About the UFC, though, there was a friend of mine back in the States who practiced in Taekwondo, and he, he got to the point where he said he could not, he, he would go to like a place like Buffalo Wild Wings and watch it because then you don't have to pay for it at your home or whatever. Right. But he said he, he got to the point where you could feel everybody was eyeballing you. Yeah. Instead of watching the fight, you're watching you. Yeah. Like, okay, I think I can take that guy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's just this uncomfortable, like a pack of wolves or whatever. Like, eat your chicken wings, drink your beer, and just watch the fight. You know? That's the well, the wild wings break for me. And you well, no, I you know, I uh, I worked my way through college and university as a bouncer. Yeah. So that was my that was my yeah, job. Yeah, that was yeah. my income. Wherever I was, I worked as a doorman in my home country, in my hometown in the UK. I worked in London, in the West End, and different places. I worked in Japan when I was there. I worked in Greece, um, and um, you know, so. I've seen a lot of that, yeah. of those kind of environments. In a way, it kind of puts you off of being able to relax in those kind it's of environments. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really a clubbing person. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I like a more relaxed kind of place. Okay, so bring us up to the dojo bar then. This is a good segue to that. You've been open here now eight years? Eight years now, yeah. And we're, we're obviously not sitting in an environment that's like a Buffalo Wild Wings. Tell us why you chose this type of environment. Give us a little background on that. Well, I, uh, so, uh, I married my wife in, uh, in 2000. And that, around that time is when we, we started coming to Oppenheim regularly. So we'd come here, we were living in London. We both, both graduated university, we were living in London. But we'd come here almost every year to see her family. And so for about 10 years, uh, I was regularly coming to Okinawa. Unlike, you know, many visitors that come here that have an interest in karate, I would look around and try and find dojos or some, you know, local karate activity. And it was very hard to find. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a shiredo down the street, which is a yeah. famous karate store. So you'd find that. 
But apart from that, it was very difficult to find dojos without somebody local to kind of guide you around and give you an introduction. Um, Miguel de Luz, who is kind of has been in Okinawa for you know, well over 20 years now, um, was one local resource that if you could find Miguel or you could find his karate news yep. uh, newsletter, then that was a way that you could kind of get connected. But so he's been doing you know that kind of great work for years yeah, and years. Yeah, he does great work. And uh, sort of you know our senpai. Yes, right? yes, he is. Uh, so I have a lot of gratitude and respect for him. Um, but even so, it was pretty difficult. And so I felt okay. Well, and what I did hear about though was that oh, there's this uh, a restaurant run by uh, Karate Sensei, Okinawan Karate Sensei. If you go there, a lot of karate people hang out there. I said, oh, great. Okay. So I tried to find it at it's shut. It's finished. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's another place. Maybe tried to find it now. That one's shut. Mm -hmm. So this was in the sort of the first year that I'd actually moved here with with my wife and family, uh, and. Um, I was helping out my wife's business. Uh, my wife's family business been making sweets, traditional confectionery for for many generations. Um, but you know, I wanted my own my own business. Mm -hmm. uh, so then the, the, those things came together. But, um, having spent years working in pubs and yep. clubs, bars, I thought of you know fairly confident I knew how to run the business, um, and. Uh, I thought, yeah, I'll go for it. I'll a karate-themed place, make it really easy for people to find. Yep. E e either physically, you know, put it on the same street as Shuido, on the line, you know, yep. call it the dojo bar. You know, if they're searching for karate and dojo, they're going to find it. The, the outside wall, for the, I'll, I'll take a picture and yeah. put it in the post on. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure many people see me, you can't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was that it would be a, an information point. <clears throat> So, you know, yes, people would stop and have a beer and pizza, but um, they would come because this is a place where they'd find information, they'd find other people. And so that's always been the, uh, the idea uh, and the identity of the Dojo Park, yeah. is that um, this is a place where you can connect with local information. Uh, I think, you know, that's, again, why it's, why it's become a good. Yeah. So did you uh, start eyeballing this area that we're in now because it's close to Kosei Dori, because it's convenient to obviously Shreyo, but I mean, how did you land this? Well, yeah, I was kind of looking in this in this general area where uh, this area is called Asato, as you know, and uh, Asato has kind of quite a, a, a long history associated with, let's say, martial arts or martial arts figures in Okinawa. Shreyo is just down the street. Um, the main drag, Kosei Dori, is couple hundred meters that mm -hmm. way, right? So, yeah, I kind of have a feeling that this area would be a good place to put something. Um, and I, you know, I was looking around for several months and then came across uh, this unit, which was which was available. Um, and it required a little bit of work inside, as it usually does, but, uh, yeah. I think people have done a pretty good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the sort of DIY decorating has... Uh, has really taken off. And if you've not had <laughs> a dojo bar, you better get here and find an empty. Oh, the ceiling's open. Yeah. Okay. If you're tall or acrobatic, okay. then yeah, there's still space for you. There's not, <laughs> not a lot of faces <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some white marker down. Yeah. <laughs> well, but it's, you know, this sort of happened naturally, right? We didn't encourage anybody to run. The yeah. They just started to ask me to do it. Uh, 
But it's great, right? Because it shows the community. Yes. It's attached to the dojo. Right? Yeah. So those that have not been here, those that are only listening to this in audio, uh, on the wall is thousands of signatures, names, uh, dojo names, dates. People come in here, they draw pictures, they draw their, their crest, their emblem. Um, some rather large and quite detailed, great artwork. Others, like mine, are garbage. But at one time, you had a macabre over here on the wall. I did. And you had to punch that before you could. Or <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that was true. Yeah. That was true, yeah. For a while there, we had the rule that. Um, so the thinking behind this was that we didn't want to just have like any kind of random tourist come in and sign up signs because, you know, then they might just write anything. Yes. Before, right? We were being a little bit yeah, yeah. snobby about this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, you have to be a karateka to sign the book. So you have to hit the makuara yeah. to, to, to sign the book. So there was this kind of, yeah, this kind of test. Um, the Makimara is not there anymore because I opened my own dojo and it's over there. there you, you can walk 50 steps across the street, punch the Makimara and then come back and sign the wall. <laughs> Please don't sign the wall in the dojo. <laughs> the dojo, yeah, there's no signing in the dojo. They're <laughs> yeah. sweating with no signing. <laughs> so, uh, quick story here. 2013, we were, we were visiting. We did not live here at the time. And right. we were staying, my, my wife and daughters and I were renting an apartment right down here at the time. And we had been here for two or three weeks. I think it was a three-week stay. It was towards the end. I kept driving by here. Like, yeah, I want to go in there. I want to go in there. And this, I wasn't on Facebook at the time. But I found your website, Dojo Bar. Yeah. I said, I want to go in this place. And we had just a few days left. It was a Sunday. I remember it was kind of drizzling. And we were coming back to the apartment from over towards the Tomorrow area. And I told my wife, drop me off. And I came in. And I walked up to the door, which was two foot on the door, which is a great yeah, a great door handle. And it was maybe seven or eight o'clock at night. And I could see through the semi-transparent glass that there was a body in here. But I couldn't quite tell if the place was open or not. Yeah. So I, I kind of opened the door slowly and Sam Chambers was over here. I and I thought she was cleaning up. It looked yeah. like she was moving a, a chair. And I was like, wow, are you, are you closing? Yeah. She said, no, I was just doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm in the right place. <laughs> this is fantastic, you know. And actually, yeah, she was the one who told me, yeah, to punch the microwave and yeah. inside the wall. Yeah. Well, you know, she was the first person to sign the book. Ah. It all started with Sam. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so she worked here uh, for a couple of years, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, she was she was one of the most popular uh, yeah. staff members here. And, and uh, she helped me a lot. Um, so. Again, always grateful to Sam. Um, and I still see her around from time to yeah. time. She doesn't live in that anymore. She lives further north now, but I saw her just the other day. It's always nice to see her. But yeah, she was here one night. I think it was a bit quiet, a bit slow. I guess she was just left on the bar, you know, looking at that bit of the wall, yeah, yeah. looking at the Makiwara. There was a pen to hand, and, you know. And she had this thing and this phrase in her head going yeah. around. She's like, can I write on the wall? And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And that was how it started. It was, you know, there, so she signed, I think she wrote, Make Pain Your Friend. Ah. So Love, Sam. Yeah. Next to the Makiwara. Okay. And so it just, just spreads from there. Right from there. Boy, has good stuff. So the Dojo Bar has been open for eight years. Um, international hub. I, I don't know if, I'm sure back in England you have a place that is similar to what we have in America. We actually have one up here next to the Camp Foster Marine Base, the American Legion. Yeah. The American Legion is a place if you're new in town and uh, you need to find
find a, a plumber. You need to find a, a tax accountant. You need right. to find anybody doing anything. You go to the American Legion. Okay, I was right. always told that right. when you move into a new town. Yeah. I think the Dojo Bar has now uh, taken that for the international practicality. There's no doubt about it. You come well, in here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 still what the Dojo Bar is all about. I mean, over the past 10 years, the situation here has improved dramatically. I mean, uh, as you know, uh, we now have a fantastic uh, very visible, very easy to find karate training center, karate kaikan, which has a team there dedicated to doing essentially the same thing, helping people get connected with Okinawa karate, training here, publicizing events, etc., etc., organizing um, various things. So that's a huge step forward. Um, and you know, just the general profile of karate and karate activity in Okinawa over the past 10 years has, has really been improved. Mm -hmm. um, so I, and I think the Dojo Bar has contributed to that. I think it um, is um, But now it's much easier, much easier to get connected, to get here and go and train. Um, you don't have to wait for uh, necessarily an invitation, although it's still a nice idea to get one if yeah. you can. Yeah. Um, but many people just come here, maybe they don't even know so much about Okinawa karate, but they arrive and now uh, karate is being talked about as important part of Okinawa culture. And so, uh, you know, they, they get a chance to try. Yeah. Um, and that's not to mention, obviously, the people that come overseas specifically to come here and do Okinawa karate. And now they have uh, much better resources to handle as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there are still uh, some challenges, um, but um, it's it's way, way better than yep. it was. Absolutely, it's getting better all the time. There's um, the, the Dojo Bar, the, the Karate Kaikan, the Okinawa Karate uh, Information Center, I think it is, OKIC, that, that okay, holds uh, yeah. uh, enormous resource at the Kaikan. Um, but it would be crazy not to focus on your dojo. Yeah, sure. Um, my, my dojo opened just over a year ago. and. Uh, uh, and yeah, I, I think things have been going pretty well. Do you know off the top of your head how many different senseis have conducted seminars in your dojo in the last year? Uh, it's uh, more than 10. More than Let's 10. And over uh, how many different styles or, or views would you say? Uh, we've had uh, various teachers of, let's say, Shonyu Karate. Yep. Uh, people from a sh uh, including people from a Shotokan background, um, uh, people from a very traditional, let's say, pre-Shoryu, more like uh, Shurite or yeah. Swedi um, background, very very old style uh, Shurite martial arts, uh, Motoburyu, so Motoburyundi, uh, uh, various forms of Kobudo, um, Ishinryu. Praying Mantis Kung Fu a number of times, um, uh, Judo, uh, Aikido is a regular class that we have, not just a seminar as well. Um, I'm sure I'm missing out somebody that I shouldn't have, shouldn't have forgotten, but uh, uh, what, what haven't we had? We probably haven't had Uichiru yet, but I hope that one day we will. Yeah. Uh, Gojiru, Gojiru, not quite yet. 
Okay. So I've trained with loads of new people in your dojo oh, from other, we've from had, other seminars. We've, we've had people from many, many different styles yeah. come and train together. And that's not to mention, th those are sort of organized seminars. We've had a, a large number of just training opportunities where people have come together and trained. So that has happened a lot. So you run a normal class, a weekly class, or a daily class? We have classes every day. And your primary style now is, uh, not yet, so much question. Matsubashi Ru is what I've been studying for like 10 years now. 10 years in Okinawa, um, yeah, because we kind of, we've been bouncing around here a little bit, but getting to your point of, uh, or your history, I mean, of coming uh, back here to Okinawa, when you started looking for different dojos, you were Wadaru Yeah. Didn't find it here. No, there's no Wadaru But you began to search. Yeah, um, I, so my, uh, my wife's family, um, took me amongst two or three dojos, people that they just knew socially. Um, so I uh, actually went along to the uh, Miyahira Dojo, uh, Miyahira Katsuya Sensei, while he was still alive. I got to meet him and train with him. So another branch of Shokunin Karate. Uh, he, was, he was a lovely gentleman. Um, um, and then also was in, introduced to Arakaki Toshimitsu Sensei, who was a direct student of Nagamine Shoshin, who founded Matsumashi Ru. And I really, um, Enjoy training with Arakaki Sensei, um, and um, decided I wanted to continue training with him. Um, and so, yeah, I actually joined this dojo the year before we moved here permanently because we'd already kind of decided that was what we were going to do. Yeah, um, so yeah, it's, and then I've trained with him as consistently as I can since then. Okay, so you've been living here for ten years. Yeah. Uh, a little over eleven years that you've been. Or a little over 10 years you've been a member of that, yeah. that dojo. So your primary style that you teach over there on a daily basis um, is much about review. Yeah. And uh, Becca also, yes. um, Becca Tedder, uh, teaches uh, over there uh, primarily the children's class. That's right. Uh, and how many days a week is the children's class held? Uh, we have four classes a week, Mon uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Do you have age? Do you separate by age, or do you have age requirements? Uh, we're starting to, as the numbers get a bit bigger. Uh, in the first year, we sort of had everybody together. We had about 10 to 12 kids in the class. Uh, the dojo is not uh, huge. I mean, it's fairly large by Okinawan standards, yeah. but you know, uh, it's, it's not not very big. So, um, but now we're starting to have a few more kids come along, and so yeah, we're kind of splitting out the young, younger kids from the older kids. Also, we were very uh, pleased to do our first. Uh, test for the kids at the end of last year. Um, so some of them now have um, advanced in their sort of the Q rankings. Yeah. So there's a natural kind of, you know, a bit of not separation, yeah, but a, yeah. a graduation. Sure. Yeah. Um, so our eldest is 15, and he's yeah. starting actually then to move into the adult classes. Yeah. And the youngest is four. Yeah. Uh, but the four year olds are really switched on, you know, they're, they're really working hard yeah. too. The Becca, uh, she's already told me that she won't come podcast won't allow me to interview her. I think I'm going to change that. <laughs> Keep working on it. Becca is, uh, she, she's a sweetheart. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if this is what she had planned for her life, of being a teacher, being a sensei, but uh, I think this is really great for her. I think she's found yeah, a, I agree. a wonderful place. And I, you, you can see it, in the glow in her and those kids yeah. with what's going on there. So I'm really happy to see that as well. well Becca probably won't like me to kind of characterize her this way, but she was sort of one of the original karate nerds coming out, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. 
So, um, uh, Hosensei Steve in the UK, he runs the, what was at that time, the only mustache roof club in the UK. Uh, and she'd been training with him, I think, for just one or two years, not very long. But then they all came over to Okinawa. And of course, you know, we're all part of the same style, same family, you know, and they're from the UK, so of course we got on really well. Um, and then she, after a little while, she came back to me and said that she wanted to come back and stay in Okinawa for a little while, which was a very courageous thing for her to do at that time. She was only in her early 20s and had never done anything like that before. So the fact that she reached out to me and said, please help me to come back to Okinawa and stay and train for a while, of course, I was like, of course, yeah. Um, and, uh, and that was the beginning of her, her time here. Um, and since then, a number of other young people have essentially done the same thing. I, I help them on the practical side of things, you know, give them a place to stay and, and help them with training. Um, and it's great to see, and some stay for a while, and some, some just do, you know, three months or six months and go home again. But I think they all, they all benefit from it. Yeah. Uh, not just the karate training, but that, that experience of living in a, in a different culture. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's very demanding, it's very exhilarating, yeah. and exciting, yeah. uh, but it's it's also demanding, uh, particularly if they have no Japanese language skills, yeah. which is usually the case. Yeah. Then of course, you know, there's there's a, a number of very steep learning yeah. curves that they go through. Yeah. But they grow up a lot, and I had the same experience. I mentioned that you know when I was young, I went to live in Greece. And that was me. I was I was 18 years old. I went to a completely foreign country, completely different language. I mean, it's as far away on the other side of Europe as you can get from the UK, yeah. and culturally, very very different. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, I grew up grew up enormously through doing that, and that that is something that I think all young people I should do. They should do. Yeah. I did it, but it was through the military. I came yeah. here when I was 18, but you know, you definitely had. People guided you, taking care of you. Yeah, but still, it was pretty gosh darn eye opening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But you, I think, you know, you only grow through challenge. That doesn't always have to be adversity. It can be that there's a number of fantastic things that you you could do, and you have to choose between mm -hmm. which ones you're going to do, and really commit, and work hard. Right. Sometimes, though, it is adversity. Sometimes it's things which are really difficult. Yeah. Um, but if you make it through that. Stronger than the other end, right? So I think it's, it's karate training. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's martial arts training. Climb the mountain, yeah. and then you realize there's another big yeah, one behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, keep going. You slip, you go, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's yeah. So the children's program you have going on, Monsopiastro Green Base, yeah. the uh, adult program that you, you teach, Monsopiastro Green Base, are you still doing the Kumite Fridays? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So every Friday, 8 p.m., we have our Kumite class. Um, mainly that uh, I hand that over to Tokuchi Mineo Sensei, who is a, a local teacher uh, who has a lot of Kumite experience, has fought a lot of competitions just two or three weeks back, kind of came out of retirement and took part in another local full contact Kumite. So we're, we're talking full contact Kumite mm -hmm. with no mitts, gloves, nothing yet. This is, this is kind of, you know, now I suppose it's Kyokushin style yeah. to look at it. Yeah. Um, but it's closer to, let's say, the older style, than say, modern kind of point scoring. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So there's no perfect form of kumite, uh, but I think you know there are you know you need to use kumite to test yourself. Yeah. So we um, the, the focus in the kumite is a 
therefore on it being uh, you know a good rounded mix of attack and defense um, and uh, and I enjoy it um, sometimes I teach the Kumite class as well um, but there's sort of a it's very interesting that Tsukuchi Sensei comes from another branch of the, the sort of Shorinru family but the principles for Kumite I think are, are very much the same across not just Shorinru karate but also mm -hmm. many styles of Okinawa karate mm -hmm. too so um, once you start to to realize that, then you know it's almost just how you apply them. Mm -hmm. um, so, is the Friday night kumite class open to only adults? Um, well, the youngest we've had in there is, is sort of fifteen years old. Uh, no, actually, no. We had one family, one uh, sorry, father and son come and do it, and I think the son was maybe younger than that, maybe thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Um, it's not sort of uh, just full on bashing each other. Yeah. Right? Um, so it was fairly technical. So I think it rather depends on, on the, the ability. Sure. Yeah. You can have a younger person who can, who can kind of stay upright and look yeah. after themselves, yeah. then that's okay. Yeah. Okay. But we have all kinds of different people come and take part from, from different styles and backgrounds. Okay. Um, it's physically quite demanding. Yeah. There is contact. Yeah. Sometimes a lot of contact. But it's always done in a, in a, in a A caring manner. Controlled, <laughs> right. controlled caring. We're, we're, trying, we're trying not to damage people, yeah. but it will hurt. Information exchange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. With a lot of sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a lot of sweat. Yeah. Like in the summer months? Yeah. Oh, man. We're going outside and literally ringing the entire gear yeah. out on the street. That's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, that's looking out in the summer. If you're coming, if you've never been here and you plan on coming in the summer, you should start hydrating probably in March <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and don't stop. And by yeah. hydrating, I do mean water, not beer. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's for after. Yeah. So, I want to jump into the future, if you don't mind. Yeah. We've covered a bit of your background. I know we went over it quickly. Yeah. Dojo bar. One of the reasons we're sitting in the dojo bar right now and not actually in your dojo is you also have yoga going on. We do uh, from indeed. Time to time. Yeah. Um, so it's... It's a, it's a wonderful occasion. I encourage everyone to check it out. Um, and the reason I did want to ask about the different senseis and mm -hmm. training and styles is I want people to understand too that it is an international and it is a multi-style, multi-view, multi-faceted uh, program or dojo, if you will. It's almost like you never know who's going to be there, who's, who's visiting the island, and all of a sudden a seminar pops up. So for the people that are not here, you know, that's a little bit difficult. For the people that are here, Pay attention to the Facebook pages because all of a sudden a, do a seminar pops up that you weren't prepared for. You need to get in there. Exactly. The dojo, I suppose, inevitably kind of reflect, reflects my <laughs> my personality, <laughs> the way I approach things, which is I like to plan. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know I plan things, but if somebody if an opportunity comes up, I'm like just grab it. Yep. Yeah. Don't worry about you know you know just just do it. Uh, if somebody turns up and there's an opportunity to train and learn something. Rabbit and do it. Yes, and also for the different uh, karateka that come here to visit, sensei, etc., please please get in touch with James and maybe you'd like to teach a seminar at his dojo. Absolutely. And maybe I would like to join it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, look, um, one of the reasons that I was really keen to establish the dojo was to take advantage of that. In that these days, there are Okinawa, there are uh, there's a Okinawa's kind of like got this this, this sort of uh, 
uh, huddle of, of fantastic teachers, right? Mm -hmm. Okinawan teachers and some other teachers that have decided to make their home in Okinawa. Uh, so in terms of sort of teachers per square mile, there's real density, right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, quite yeah. special. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's fantastic teachers all over the place. I mean, yep. you know, they're, they're, and, and uh, it kind of, it, it still would seem to me a great shame that when overseas teachers would come to Okinawa, and obviously they would come normally to principally be students and to learn, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also, you know, let's take advantage of, uh, of their knowledge yeah. and, you know, and their, um, their ability as yeah. well. So that's, that's what the dojo is about. It's a venue yeah. to do that. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm always extremely grateful if someone with like that, that uh, you know, gives a little bit of their time in Okinawa to teach. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very happy to, to, to host that. Um, very happy with that. So you're going to be hosting something else coming up at the end of this calendar year. Yes, um, so so this is a, an international seminar event. Um, it's going to run over the best part of two weeks. It's a 12, 13 day program um, where um, you get to study for three days with each of three teachers. So three days of intensive study um, from morning through tonight. Um, and then social time as well. So the reason that we're that I want to put together a, a seminar in this way is that there are a lot of seminars that help knocking out, and they all have benefit. Um, but what I often heard in the feedback from both the participants and the teachers, the Okinawa teachers, was that it just wasn't enough, enough time. Mm -hmm. You know, an hour, two hours, three hours, a half day um, with with a teacher was only enough just to see the basics. Mm -hmm just to get a flavor of things. And often there wasn't enough time to sit down and talk about it and, and get them to explain it as well, sometimes in a more relaxed way. Mm -hmm. um, and I know, and you know from living here and, and having the time to do that, that there's enormous benefit in having more time to train, but also having the time to talk to the teacher yeah. and understand their view on things and get them to explain things or their, understand their, their history, their, yeah. their, their, their experience. So the idea is that um, Flash the, flash the image. So the idea is that over 12 days, um, you'll meet uh, three different teachers, go and train at their dojos, go and train in their, uh, in their locale. So that also means that you'll go and visit different areas. Of so one of the other things that I hear a lot is that people come principally to stay in Naha, although some go to Wakanda City, spend all their time in Naha, maybe get one day to go and do something, see yeah. the island, and yeah. then they're gone. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that's okay because they came to Okinawa for training. Yep. Right? But it also, in a way, it's kind of a shame because there's some beautiful areas yeah. around Okinawa. And yeah. if you know where to go, it can add a whole new dimension. Yep. So, uh, with this seminar, I want to escort people, take them, guide them um, to visit dojos and train with teachers around the island. And along the way, then, there's also the opportunity to enjoy those areas, to go and do some, some uh, you know, adventurous so activities. Snorkeling, climbing mountains, see a waterfall. But yeah. the focus is going to be on, on these, these three-day programs of intensive study. Um, and um, typically, you know, get up in the morning, do that first night training with the teacher, have breakfast together, 
go back to the dojo, train in the morning, rest in the afternoon, which is the Okinawa yeah, way, yeah. recharge a bit, come yeah. back into the dojo for the evening session, where you might end up training with other students too. Yeah. Um, so that's the idea. So tell me, tell us the name, the name that you've uh, chosen. It's on. Yeah. Um, so there's this uh, Yuimaru Hakken is is the name that I've chosen. Um, Yuimaru is a is a Okinawan phrase, uh, which literally means the good circle of the people. Uh, so it talks about this idea that people are connected. Yeah. Um, the connectedness uh, between people in Okinawa, but it also extends to everybody as well. Yeah. And it goes hand in hand with this concept of uh, the Okinawans has this phrase the Chanabachode, yes. which is like when we meet, we are family. Yes. Yeah. So the idea that all humans are connected, and we should we should act like a family. Unless that person convinces us otherwise. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should we should extend that kind of hospitality and family to yeah. family feeling to everybody. So that's the idea. You and I are all connected, and we just need to, to discover. Mm-hmm. And hakken means discovery in Japanese. So the idea is that you're discovering the connectedness uh, between your martial arts, uh, between the knowledge in Okinawa, and between the people in Okinawa. Yeah. Uh, and you get the time to do that. Uh, so once again, twelve day, and they can stay longer if they so desire. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But a twelve day seminar, three senseis, yeah, and you get uh, three days of training with that, yeah, morning to individual night. sensei, yeah. Um, and you, the point you had made earlier on, and I'm glad you said that because as I was driving down here today, I was seeing questions I wanted to ask you, and something popped into my head was, I, w- I was wondering if the senseis gave feedback not having enough time with students. You mentioned it already, and uh, I think that's very important because that sensei also needs to read those students. Absolutely. Let's not kid ourselves, they can typically read rather quickly, especially <laughs> the ones that have seen a lot of the international students, right? Yeah. But it's going to allow them to open up so much more. Exactly. And on day two and on day three, then only if they had you for two hours. Yeah. Because after the international tournament that we, that Okinawa hosted, and that's the technical difficulty that I mentioned. Sorry. Hey folks, uh, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty there. I lost about the last 10 minutes of the interview. So we left off, uh, the, I don't know what happened, the camera shut off something. I'm glad I checked it before I left. But we, we left off where James was showing us the second poster there, describing Yuimaru, and we were talking about the fact that it's beneficial for the senseis also yeah, yeah. to have three hours, oh, I'm sorry, uh, three days um, yeah. worth of sessions with the students. Yeah, I, I think you know the the one of the important points that you know I, I wanted to make was that um, this is a new seminar format, um, and I believe that uh, it's important to invest the time in really learning, you know, more than just the sort of the the very basics and the introductory uh, level of. of uh, martial art, but also to, to, to take time to talk to the instructor, mm-hmm. to get to know them both in the dojo and outside too. So um, uh, I'll be acting as interpreter, um, also some of uh, my uh, dojo staff will be along to help out as well. So the idea is that we, we build in plenty of time for both the participants and the instructors to get to know each other, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about their views on martial arts, talk about their experience, their history. Um, because you know, I think the way that we are going to build Okinawan martial arts practice stronger into the future is to 
give people an opportunity to establish a connection with it yeah. and feel like it's something that they want to continue with. And you, and you do that based on, on uh, personal connections, on human relationships. You know, it's uh, beneficial as well to understand and to see that sensei's personality mm. inside and outside the dojo and for them to be able to see yours because a lot of times that'll translate in their kata, it'll translate in their teaching, it'll translate if they, if they do go into teaching bunkai or applications to it. Yeah. You'll start to see that come out many times Absolutely. in their in their personality uh, when you're sitting around having dinner and talking, and, yeah. and, and that goes for the students as well as the senseis. I think it's, it's very beneficial. Yeah, I've, I've heard that uh, from from many different teachers here. Is that um, if they've got, let's say, the good stuff, you know, uh, the things, you know, the, the the technique which they regard as being the sort of thing that they would teach as being the most effective part of what they do, and therefore maybe the most dangerous part of what they do, they're not just going to give it away to anybody, yeah. and they're not going to show you it the first time that they meet you. Yeah. Because there's a sense of responsibility. Yes. Right? Yep. Yep. You may take that away, yep. and then do something with it which they feel they bear responsibility for. You may misrepresent it, you may misuse it. Right? Um, but also there's this, you know, they, there's a sense that they, they, they want to know that, that uh, you are the sort of person that they want to be associated with, mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. uh, that, they, that they, they want associated with their name. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Reputation is important, mm -hmm. you know, not, not just from an egotistical perspective, but it's, it's sort of an assurance of, of quality, an yeah. assurance of, of high standards. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, therefore, uh, I think it's really important that both participants, students, and teachers have that time to get to know each other um, and feel like they want to be almost representatives yeah. Yeah. of a particular style or a particular teacher. Yeah. And if that's not the case, that's fine. It's still a great opportunity to learn more in depth about that particular style. Yeah. Um, we were talking about also, um, obviously, all these teachers are Okinawan. When they can, I think they'll, they'll teach in English, or they may teach in Japanese, or they may teach in Okinawan language, which is uh, And uh, as I said, I'll, I'll be there to uh, interpret, uh, along with other people too. Uh, getting an understand, understanding of the concepts that are expressed best, let's say in Okinawan language, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, is also a very important aspect of, yeah. of the training as well. Yeah, so people that have never been here before, this might be your first time coming over to, to Japan at all, Okinawa at all, don't worry about the language. Uh, I think, you know, as well as the opportunities to train for international crowd to come over to train, the language barrier is being eliminated more and more all the time as well. Yeah. And that's not only counting in the dojo, I mean, that's from the time you arrive at Naha Airport now, traveling around Naha and other places on the island, it's becoming easier and easier for those that speak English. Um, it, but if not, uh, you have someone like James or the, the additional staff that will help out. It's, I would not worry about that at all. It's, it definitely, it's definitely getting better. Um, uh, it's interesting though that there are some karate concepts that are kind of described by specific Okinawan words that even other Okinawan speakers who are non karataka don't understand. They wouldn't have heard of it. Yeah. I know it's very specialized language. Yeah. Uh, getting into that, talking about that with your teacher, yeah. getting them to explain 
the nuances of that can be very valuable. Yeah. Um, and having someone that can translate that for you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Extremely important. Absolutely. Uh, but it's interesting because those kind of concepts, you know, they'll be described slightly differently by different teachers. Well, uh, yeah, and, and okay, so I just thought of something, um, and I'm not, this is not a knock on any of the translators at the other seminars, but sometimes you'll get someone that just translates yeah. the language, yeah. not the meaning. Yeah. We've seen that at the seminars after the World Tournament. Yeah. Um, they had translators there that had absolutely zero understanding of martial arts. Yeah. Other than, hey, I'm in Okinawa and this is where karate yeah. supposedly comes from. I don't know. Yeah. But I, I have a, a certain Aiken or yeah. Z-Tech or TOEFL yeah. level of a score and I can translate. Good luck. Uh, you're going to miss a lot, I think. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, they, they, they struggle because they don't have the background in the concepts, the karate concepts. Like anything, there's, there's a lot of specialized language. So, uh, yeah, it, it's often, like in those kind of situations, I'm tempted to jump in and go, yeah. no, that, that's not what that means, that's not what that means, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, but yeah. Times that's happened and things have gone out on Facebook or books yeah, have yeah, been yeah, yeah. published and, and, and I've been guilty of it. Because <laughs> you understand uh, a particular word or, um, I th actually I've had this conversation with you about kanji, you know, mm. different ways you read it. Yeah. And the meaning behind it. My wife tells me all the time when I'm trying to get her, hey, translate this. Somebody yeah. tell I don't know what that means. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? You, you read it. I, I don't know how they meant it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the benefit of coming over here uh, with someone that organizes the seminar, someone that has already trained many times with the sensei, yeah. knows them quite well, is you're going to get that, that level of translation and understanding that you might not normally get. Yeah. I mean, we will, we will do our absolute best to. Explain the concepts to um, give the the senseis plenty of time to explain them, um, and also for for disciplines to ask questions, yes. to have a conversation as opposed to just sort of you know just listening and then yeah. that's it. Thank you very much. See you later. Right? We want we really want to have that interaction. Yeah. Happening. I think uh, I hope the senseis appreciate it as much as I think they do with the, with the questions, especially if you yeah. have a small group of ten to eighteen people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and after you get you get to know that person over three sessions, and yeah. the, the students are asking the questions, I think the senseis are much more likely to give you an answer oh, of value, rather absolutely. than um, just kind of the textbook that they have to give when there's a, a room full of 100 people, and you know NHK cameras are rolling or something like that. You're, yeah, yeah. you're going to get a lot more in depth. Yeah, I think so. And the fact that you get to see sensei one, two, three days in a row, there's plenty of time for you to kind of think about. You know, regurgitate what you've learned on the next day, ask your questions, flesh it out. Um, so uh, that's, again, why I think this format hopefully will be much more beneficial to, to people. So, once again, folks, Yuimaru Haken, go to uh, challengeokinawa.com. Challengeokinawa.com. There on the, the home page, you'll see the banner. Just click on that and go through to the detailed information about the event. Also, you can book there um, from that page, from that page too. As I destroyed this poster. If you have any questions, contact James, contact me. For those that do come over here and take place in the seminar, I'd like to sit down and take an interview. Um, get in touch with me, Josh at Okinawa Karate Podcast. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'll be out there. Um, as always, I really appreciate those 
viewers. I appreciate the thumbs up, the comments. If you have questions, send them to me. Comments, send them to me. Um, get in touch with James if you have anything Absolutely. going on. Yeah. Um, but as always, thank you, my friend. Thank really, you. Really, really appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Once again, Okinawa Karate Podcast. Coming to you from the birthplace of karate, Okinawa, Japan. Sayonara.